Trey TV Radio is chaotic. It's like self-aware and ratchet, nostalgia. Yes. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Sophia. I lived at Mouth House for the entirety, which I don't really know how many years it was. I kind of lost track. When um, did it start? Um, I think it was 2011. 11. 2011. I know I had my 21st birthday there. Um, and then I think it went until about 2014, so three years. But I was on the original lease. I think there was seven original leaseholders. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had the princess room. Um, all the rooms on the second floor had sinks in their closet. And the minute we were moving in, I ran up and I picked the best room. Um, <laughs> there was access to the roof, which that got a little sketchy once in a while. Um, but yeah, I lived there three years, and it was a wild ride. Uh, my name is Trumel. I lived at Mouth House from late 2012 to, to the end, till 2014. Uh, I rented the, the basement at the time. <laughs> uh, basically a laundry room, unfinished. And, uh, Wasn't there dirt down there? There was. That's... <laughs> That's a story that we could get into. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my history isn't as deep as Sophie's, but I was there, and I, I had knew of the Mouth House um, probably uh, in, in 2012 is when I had first uh, discovered it. And so, yeah, well, I guess we won't get into it now, but it basically brought us together as Sophie and I are newlyweds, so, you know. Ooh. <laughs> Cue the audience clapping. <laughs> we found love at the mouth house. <laughs> Who knew that, uh, that place? I know, it would inspire love. <laughs> I mean, it was iconic. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I think it won um, Best House Venue from the Westwards Best in 2012. And we got a little plaque and we hung it up on the wall and that thing just was covered in grease and <laughs> probably sploosh. <laughs> From Albahide. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember counting one time and there was 19 people living there at once. Um, they turned the upstairs attic, it was huge, but they made it like a little shanty village. And so there was just <laughs> curtains separating all the rooms and it was like seven men that just <laughs> slept in this hot ass attic. Yeah. And I did not ever ever want to spend any time up there. <laughs> I think I think they probably paid like $15 each to, yeah. to, to be up there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too shabby. But. Shantytown was popping. Uh, it was just funny because every time, you know, one of them had a lady over or a man. Um, <laughs> or a man, yeah. Um, it, uh... I felt bad for the other six people that had to listen to <laughs> that sex. Yeah, uh, I think I initially actually started upstairs in the shantytown and then I hadn't realized that there was a basement so I was like I think I'm gonna just go down here so I'm gonna deal with dirt than having like seven roommates in the one yeah, bed yeah a couple of them were crust punks there wasn't a whole lot of showering going on <laughs> <laughs> were showers like bandit mouth house was that a thing or just I actually uniquely did never had to shower there or do laundry because um, I was a full-time nanny and then my mom had an apartment um 
just a couple minutes away, so if I needed to shower, I would always dip over there. <laughs> yeah. I actually wore shower shoes every time I showered. I did use the shower, but I was familiar with uh, communal living um, because of, uh, you know, some short, very short stints in the uh, judicial system and jail. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> I was familiar with I had about a twelve. Bunch of people. What was cleaner, jail or uh... Uh, definitely jail? Jail was cleaner than mouth house for sure. Oh, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> One thousand. At one point, wasn't like the living room. Wasn't there like no ceiling in the living room at one point? Yeah, the bathroom like collapsed, but we still used it. How could you explain my? How would you like explain mouth house as a house? Like how would you like contextualize so, it? Like as a. Building? It was an ancient like house that was a mansion and it was three four stories if you count the basement but it used to be an old um like psych house um like psych ward place Hmm. so all the cabinets in the kitchen were like nine feet tall so that no one could get into them so just clay (laughs) could reach (laughs) to get stuff down um and that's why all the sinks on the sec the all the rooms had sinks um yeah so it was kind of like a little mini apartment for some people who had the nice rooms um but yeah, it was just a huge house that was very cheap for the time. I think it was like $2,200 um, because it was falling apart. <laughs> yep. Literally. Mm-hmm. It had been used for um, like communal um, spaces and DIY venues for a little while. Um, Pitchfork lived there before us. What which was, was that? It was another um, like DIY house. They um, did a zine. I forgot what their zine was called, but... Um, yeah, they were more like train hoppers and stuff. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So way more crusty. Yeah, they kind of ruined the house before us, but man, we really put that house into the ground. <laughs> um, can we talk about your iconic 420 shows? And what were those like and who like who, who came up with that idea? We met some artists from Alamosa, um, and they became our friends, and they would drive up all the time. And so we kind of let them... No, that was the Halloween shows. I think they also helped with the 420 shows, um, but we kind of let them run those. Um, Pat Sutton was a big part of Festival, uh, and we actually would have some people play at Mouth House. We built a stage out back <laughs> that actually turned out pretty okay. Um, and we would have other venues throughout Denver as well where we would set up um, you know, bands and artists and... People loved it, though. And then when we had Halloween shows, one year we had, like, 25-foot puppets that these people were, like, running in the backyard. (laughs) There was an alligator in a bathtub. What? Um, Yeah, we had someone from the reptile farm down in Alamosa come up, and he had an alligator, and so you could take (laughs) pictures with him. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds wild. I missed that one. Yeah, they painted the uh, walls like a haunted house and... It was pretty trippy. <laughs> what about you? Like, do you remember the 420 shows? Yeah, whatever I had seen um, from 2012, whatever they did from 2012 to four, to 2014, I was there. I was as soon as I found out about Mouth House, I was there every right. day, um, as much as I possibly could. I, I loved the idea of what they were doing. You just know, the space for community and just people and people and creativity. You know, me being right. a creative myself. Once I seen, you know. Oh, you can paint on the walls and no one's gonna say shit. Like it's probably it's encouraged, and if anything, you kind of bringing up, bringing up the ambiance. Uh, so yeah, I was all about it. So yeah, I do remember a lot of the shows that that happened, um, especially the one of the last ones, which kind of put an end to it. But 
we could talk about it when we, when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think also just being early 20s, um, it was just such a fun place to be. You always had someone to hang out with, something to do. We had shows every single night. And they weren't just music. Um, we would have comedy shows. Mm-hmm. We would have art shows. I think even one time there was like a unicycle show. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the hell would they ride a unicycle? <laughs> yeah. Just People in, on unicycles, like acrobats. They would like be spinning poi in the backyard. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was always so many different people. Um, but some of the most iconic times was definitely, I mean, the alligator. That's a wild story that I, mean, like, I can now tell my my child. coworkers, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, for real, there's pictures. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think that every night, you know, there was just always something to do. Yeah, I can't even, like, really remember. Um, Dekaiju, they are oh, like God. a... I know about Dekaiju. Yeah. How would you describe them? Just... Um. Just unfiltered chaos and madness. Yeah, they like light their uh, drum sets and their guitars on fire at every show. And oh yeah, and they wear these traditional Japanese masks. They literally played one time in Missoula, Montana, and they got kicked out of the bar, and they had everyone outside the bar holding them up in the air playing their instruments. Yeah, yeah. Like they are. Wow. They still play shows too. They're yeah, dope we, as fuck. Well. We just went to one. Uh, uh, back for my birthday in March. Were they burning shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they ended up on top of, like, a bus outside, and everything was on fire, and it was just on Colfax. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is dangerous. But yeah. they used to do that same thing inside our tiny little living room, and what? it would just pack out. I mean, that's one thing about Mouthhouse too. It was hot. Those summer shows, you would just be dripping in sweat. There would just be people basically naked, um, <laughs> which was fun, too. <laughs> How about you? Any iconic moments? Oh, um, I mean, my entire experience there is iconic, but just a, a few that stand out. Um, kind of helping Pat Sutton um, arrange like one of the 420 shows, and like at the time, um, I was working with this this lady was helping us do some graphic design work for some shit we were trying to do, but she was dating this rap nigga named Emerson Wendy from San Diego, and he <laughs> was like, <laughs> he showed up in a limo. <laughs> yeah, and he had like a little bit. Tremel's of... black, if you couldn't tell from his name. Oh, okay, right. yeah. <laughs> Just to be dubs, by the way. <laughs> Niggas can talk like one too, okay? <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it was this rapper from uh, San Diego, and he had, you know, he was slightly on at the time. He had a song with like Lil Wayne, and so you know, he had a little bit of jewelry, and you know, was kind of walking around like he had a, some some money on him and shit. But I remember we got this whole thing arranged for him to come perform at uh, one of the 420 shows in the backyard. And I remember at one point a limo pulls up, and that nigga gets out with like this big ass gold rope chain, and it's like five niggas in his entourage, like some hype. <laughs> Hella rap shit. And he shows up to Mouth House. And we were in this backyard. Did he get back in the limousine? Pure dirt. Wanted to. He damn near wanted to. But the look on his face was like, what the fuck? Where am I? What is this? You know what I mean? Like, but uh, he did a show and uh, shit went off. But that that, that was amusing. (laughs) It was amusing to see the crowd too. Just like. Were they into it? Wow. Yeah, Yeah, they were. They were into anything, honestly. Yeah, that's true. The energy was so high. Oh, yeah, we can talk about um, El Paso, Denver. Is that what it was called? Who? El Paso, Denver. You don't remember that one night where we all did acid or shrooms or something? Oh my god, you guys were so annoying. (laughs) I hated you. Trey showed up in my bedroom with like, I swear, a pot in a pan, classic, with like a spoon, just beating. Oh, Christmas! It's Christmas in El Paso! (laughs) I was so annoyed. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, no, I think that really you could have put any fan there in the crowd. People just wanted to be there. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. There was always a sense of liberation. Like, yeah, they wanted to be there and everyone was on the same vibe of just enjoying themselves and getting turned. Right. Yeah. So it could have been a fucking monkey with tambourines and they would have been going nuts. <laughs> with tambourines. <laughs> I think the 420 show was one of the most iconic for me because there was another party like down the street that some like normies were throwing. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the mouth house people would have crashed it and I like banged someone in someone's bed and then came back to the party. <laughs> he would. <laughs> and then I think, I don't know who was in that room, but they were just putting it. I think I might have been the one putting ecstasy in people's mouths that night in that room because it was. Whew, that was another thing. I mean, there was some drugs that would go around. <laughs> I'd walk by the uh, attic. There was a stairwell. And, man, it would just smell like DMT up there just <laughs> at any time of day. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are they doing? It was really a weird Big group. up there just smell like a Cheshire cat. It was a weird group in the attic. Love weird. you attic people, but y'all were a weird group. Yeah, Maddie nah. lived up there. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I had to get up out of there. Maddie. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about uh, Maddie um, in the bass incident that happened? Were you there for that? Uh, was that what this name has been redacted for punk credibility purposes. Yeah. <laughs> was that what it was, right? Yeah, someone got hit over the head with a bass at a show. Yeah. Um, Maddie got hurt often. Um, By people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Mouth House was a violent place at all. No. But, um, it was just like Maddie just, like, just to pop his shit and run his mouth. And yeah. people would just be like, okay, you've been doing this for two days. so mm-hmm. I think Mel hit him with a beer box he, once. He had no boundaries. Um, <laughs> no. And I guess that is, just comes from him being a crust punk, living in the you know, home of the free on trains and shit. Scrolls so. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it'd be weird too because it used to be Pitchfork. Um, I guess there was this like website online or like database where of houses across America where you could train hop and then they would put you up. And so randomly we would always have train hoppers like knocking on the door and being like, hey, we heard that we could stay here tonight. And, you know, we would all look at each other like, all right, come on in. (laughs) Um, And so I still follow some of those people on uh, Instagram. You know, the next day we drive down to the train yard and like. Drop Let him off. off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, I mean, we got to talk about Luther. Oh, oh. that was actually Icon. one of the funniest stories, which is even secondhand to me. But when Luther's dad came around, oh man, he hadn't oh, seen his God. dad since like in 10 years. Yeah, so for a little context, Luther was um, a black man who lived in the neighborhood, I think, his whole life. He grew up in the neighborhood, grew up mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, and which was for like. Formerly a prominent black, black neighborhood, yeah. basically five the hoods. Yeah. The hood, yeah. So. so he would come over and hang out with the with the mouth house kids, and like he was harmless, but sometimes he would get drunk and then he'd just be like obnoxious. But yeah, he was like he was a sweet dude, but and he loved us, and yeah, we, and we no, honestly he, we he, loved him. You yeah. know, he was well intentioned. Yeah. Did he live there for one point? For like I mean, basically, he you'd wake up and three you days would, a week. yeah, and you'd wake up and Luther would be on the couch, and it's the only time you would ever see him sober for a second. <laughs> And yeah. then he'd wake up and find some like fallen soldiers on the table, yeah. and, and he was like, <laughs> like back to it. <laughs> Remember, he was like, uh, like just some old head crip nigga, and you know, he'd be like, oh, we're cracking cuz, like you see, yeah. <laughs> see him in the morning going to school, be like, oh, I was cracking cuz. Last <laughs> night was crazy, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> just some, some crip man in a yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. 
<laughs> you got to tell the story of when he saw his dad. Oh, yeah. So, again, yeah, it's secondhand to me. We're going to uh, take a shot. So Cheers. Nice fashion. But so, again, everyone in the house had, like, if they weren't making art or music, they had, like, some eccentric interest. And I think it was Dylan who was into fire twirling. Fire boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I was putting on like a little mini show in the backyard just for like a handful of people one night. And um, Luther's dad had come. Luther brought his dad over to Mouth House. Mm-hmm. Old head nigga. He like 70. He had like a polyester. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had a polyester blazer on. Showed up in the coolest Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> real smooth. Real like just like classically, you know, like on some old pimp shit. And so, um, yeah, so started uh twirling the fire you know doing his thing i forgot this story (laughs) and uh uh, luther's dad is like oh nigga that ain't shit i could do that motherfucking shit right there (laughs) and so they let him twirl the fire (laughs) it's like it's like like two balls of fire on chains right (laughs) 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 and you were actually there so Uh you should and i mean uh he released it, and flying balls just were f- flew across the backyard. <laughs> and uh, one flew at Luther. He took it a little bit to heart. <laughs> Thought his dad did it on purpose. Because um, <laughs> they ain't seen each other in like yeah. 13 years, so they're like sort of shit Oh, man. I think by the end of the night, they both were crying, though. Just yeah. in the backyard. like It, it was a special moment. <laughs> Yeah, what a place to... to Reunite. Yeah. <laughs> Mouth house, bringing families together since 2010. <laughs> Can you tell me what the, what the Mouth House did for the punk scene at large? I mean, I know what it did, but I want the, peop- the listeners to know, like, what houses yeah. it spawned and, like, what... Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I feel like there hadn't been... I mean, there's Seven Circle, always been there. Um, it was blast on that before. It was, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but I do feel like it just showed other people that you can you can do that. You can have communal living. You can, you know, um, have DIY venues. Um, I know there was a lot of houses spawned. Even you, Trey. You yeah. had a house spawned, and I definitely was spent more, some time there. It was more of a party <laughs> punk house. It wasn't really like we were doing yeah. jobs. We used to have parties and play music really loud. The RTD, the Ratchet Tower of Doom. I definitely <laughs> spent the night there. There was a room that just had like three beds on the floor. The clouds. And you would just sleep <laughs> with a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I had fun. But also, I feel like it, um, I mean, just for, it the was, hundo. oh, that as well. Um, that was on Broadway at 100 South Lincoln or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the 420 shows on life. What's up? They also ruined that house. <laughs> I was there the last night. And that was actually a nice out. house. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Um, I remember we were smashing the walls. Someone lit a fire downstairs. <laughs> uh, we were wild. <laughs> but they were pissed. They were... <coughs> They were moving out. Uh, but also just, you know, it was all ages. So we had kids that didn't get to, you know, really experience things like this. And they saw, heard about it on Facebook. And their moms would drop them off in a minivan and then pick them up late night in a minivan. So, you know, I guess it was safe enough and for everyone. Like and teenage kids, though. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> teenage kids, high schoolers though. But yeah, um, as long as they had five dollars, they could get in. And I mean, nice. even if they didn't, 
They could still get in. <laughs> they could do the truffle shuffle and get in. Oh, truffle shuffle. <laughs> Shout out to truffles. But they would get X's on their hands. I mean, we tried to keep it as venue-like as possible. Right. But yeah, I just think that it was, it opened the doors to other venues, which I feel like Denver hadn't had in a while. Even Pitchfork, it wasn't really a venue. It was more of just like a... A flop house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I just think, you know, it just showed people that you can do this. If this is what you're interested in, you can do this. And we had bands from all over the world. We had Australia, we had London, we had like Portugal. People knew about us from all over. And I think that was a huge draw for a lot of people was just... We continued to do it and had every single type of music, too. It wasn't even just punk music. No, at one point it was like there was comedy shows like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Mouthhouse also birthed some some pretty decent comedians. They did, yeah. So, I mean, like, they, they're doing well. <laughs> Mel even tried to stint at comedy one time. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Oh, man, uh, you know, I did like two sets. Uh, first one, I got some laughs. Crack some jokes about white girls liking black dudes. Um, <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> so, uh, Sophie was in the back of the room bawling, like laughing her face off. And I you was were like, funny. Oh, yeah, she's with the shits. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that when you knew she was the one? When, nah. you, when you were bombing on your set and she was like, laughing. <laughs> she's like, I love you anyway, baby. <laughs> we're going to make it through this together. <laughs> no, we were far from even being together um, at that rate. Because y'all was both hoes. No, you know, well. no, well, you know, <laughs> well, not, uh, you know, I thought we was tied to shakes. We don't hoe shakes. This is a safe space. Um, yeah. I support hoes. I know, yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Um, I'm married, but no, I'm playing. I'm married. Whoa. Whoa. That was a joke. That was a joke. Damn. I'm kidding. I was young, wild, and free. I love it. So it was, you know. You were Calicia Mouthhouse. Of course you were home. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You had, the, you had the best room and you mm-hmm, were cute. Mm-hmm, literally, mm-hmm. like, I remember nights we would just, there would be a show downstairs and we would just literally just stay in your room the whole night. I know. Go downstairs to get booze and then just come back upstairs and just chill in your room. They called it the yeah. princess room and I painted all the walls. It was so cool. No, uh, people need to experience that, like, what Mouthhouse did for the punk scene and everything, but just being like a real place that people could just make shit and be liberated you know times five but even in a more stimulating way just like to spark creativity and people people were productive in that house like the ones that really live there like clay they're always planning shows planning this planning that yeah everyone that i knew that really lived there artists i mean richard ingersoll yeah richard ingersoll yeah all of these people still uh are in pursuit of that and they got to like craft themselves there artistically yeah Sam Talent was just on uh, Will Smith's new show, yeah, Comedian, you know? Yeah. Sure. All of them. Joe Hatfield. Wait, is Will Smith canceled? I don't know if he's canceled in the I, way that uh, we are. Uh, we don't under- I don't understand. I think yeah. he defended his wife. I don't, it's not my business. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't anyway, I like him. Uh, a little, he's also on other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. Just, and that's, that is important. People should experience that. You should be in a place where you are open I don't think spaces like that exist anymore. They don't. They don't. They, and Seven it, Circle's still there, but Seven Circle's evolved and changed, but I think it still has that, like... And it's more uh, It's more venue. for kids, I feel mm-hmm. like. More like... I feel like Mouthhouse was, like, a lot of people, like, in their, like, early to, like, mid-20s running in. Mm-hmm. And they don't live there. I mean, there was Rhinoceropolis. That was obviously the OG of Denver. Stuck around forever. I was going to shows there when I was in high school. So then when the idea came to me about Mouthhouse, 
I was like, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. this is right, amazing. Right, iconic. I saw yeah, it. they, that they're obviously, yeah. Ex- I saw yeah. them there, bitch. Mm-hmm. That was like a fire hazard. Mm-hmm. Oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, uh, even for the gra- graffiti scene, that's how Mel got into it. I mean, I'm saying it's it's all all artists. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it was Didn't like, you guys used to have like murals, like different artists come behind and just do murals in your alleyway? Mm-hmm. And then we, yeah, no, we got... I arranged we, that one. Uh, just FYI, not to... Yeah. But no, that okay. was like... I was in that bitch making contributions. <laughs> you know, but I was in there making contributions. I couldn't believe it. That's what I mean. Like, really, really talking about this shit, like, that shit blew my mind. But with that being said, there was space for black people in POCs in, in that scene. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it was, it was interesting because it wasn't never like, we weren't like at that point in the scene where we were all like, woke, woke. No, 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 no there was, was never. They're just themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Just, themselves. just accepting. So and yeah, exactly. it, it attracted that type of person like mm-hmm. to a person who wants to it wasn't really like creative. we're all woke here we're all this none that wasn't even we're a word we were a bunch of fucking would you call it scrotes yeah we were just scrotes yeah 100%. Woke, woke wasn't even a word like that was no. in play like that mm-hmm. at all and you know yeah like LGBTQ like it was it was it was there was gay people there yeah. like it was just like yeah, it was just it was the awesome. scene like that's why mm-hmm. I love the punk scene back then like I don't know what it is now because I don't really go I to I feel like it's anymore. a little more like everyone's a little hard and I don't uh, sorry who's listening to this but yeah i don't i don't think punk has to always be you're just so hard and you and know punk is not even about hard punk is yeah. about acceptance and just yeah. like right fuck, it's, it's counterculture yeah, yeah. It's, it is it's yeah. counterculture yeah it's fucks, and fuck the systems that mm-hmm. exist exactly yeah so but punk that was also anarchy. new for me that was yeah that, that was, was the definition <laughs> Dude, our, it was anarchy. Did y'all niggas not have power for like a month? Yeah. <laughs> generators. I remember when I was when those living, went out, uh, it was candles. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. It was the 1920s in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even understand what those words were. I didn't know what punk was and I didn't know what anarchy was. And one day, like after I was living there for like one week, and I even went to Clay and I was like, bro, I mean, you know, we live here. This is kind of crazy. Like, motherfuckers don't even... It was, you know, there was a lot of instances right, where in that would never... black culture, it's just like, all these people coming in and, out, in and out of my house, like... And it's kept. Like, it's clean. Like, you know what I mean? People have their own rooms in their spaces, but the common spaces were, like, fucked up. Like, <laughs> Sophie and her friend, for one birthday, they, like, smashed the whole birthday cake across the kitchen floor. It was Bro, a penis cake. That shit was... It was iconic. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, it was yes. It was on the ground in the same space for like four days straight, and I I remember just well, going because they were also on drinks. But I didn't members. understand. Yeah, anything. it was her birthday. You know, Sophia got drunk for like oh, of course, a month. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's my fucking birthday. <laughs> but no, yeah. When you talk about like anarchy and uh, the punk scene, I was like, oh, that's what all this shit means. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, none, you know. No one this gives a matter. Fuck. No one cares. So I was like, oh, okay. It's like, do what you want to do. It's so I, yeah, but that's when I, I really will say, though, when we first moved in, we thought it was going to be more like we had a chore wheel. We would have like these monthly um, themed dinners as a house. And it would be like, you know, toga night. We'd have Greek food, Mexican fiesta night. Um, there was chore wheels. And like, you know, <laughs> you had the dishes. Like for a while, it was a functioning place. No, it but functioned even at the end. That 
that obviously fell off because we all were just partying a bunch. We were all in our 20s and we were just wild as no, fuck. for sure. And I loved it. You know how many fucking beer mosas I drank? It was so was like many thing. Mickeys. Okay, let's also talk about that. The Korean liquor store down the street <laughs> loved us. They loved us. Oh, they we, knew we us by name. Rent. Yeah, every <laughs> single show we would send everyone to that liquor store. store. Yeah, it was. They loved us. I, that's why I just want to talk about Mouth House, like and like highlight that particular punk house and Seven Circle in this podcast because they did so much for the scene and just for like the POCs of the scene, like and like the gay people. Like, look at Brazil, like mm-hmm. starting his own little scene. Yeah. After like going 100%. to Mouth House shows and being inspired. I also would have never met you. I mean, how did you end up there? I ended up in Mouth House at a show. I met you. I don't think we liked each other first. I think we were being No, really, because we're both bad bitches. We're both <laughs> you're really like, I am HPIC. And you're like, I will live here. I was like, oh, I gotta be nice to her. <laughs> no, I think that's what happened. You tried to like fucking punk me and I was like, I live Wait. here. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you we didn't stop? like each other. We I did. forgot about that. We hated each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what Too happened. Too much energy <laughs> at once. Too much bad bitch energy. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. And then we both were like, on. you watch Bad Girls Club? I watch Bad Girls Club. Come to my room. <laughs> you started watching Bad Girls Club this Natalie Nunn. I run LA. I run LA. Ironically enough, I put David and uh, Mel on that last night. <laughs> bad Girls Club, what? the new one on Zeus. Oh, girl, this is too ghetto for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is too ghetto for me. I'm sorry. It's just too ghetto. It is a different version of Maddie. I literally let them fight. I know. That's what I said. This is too ghetto. Right, yeah, that's a that, that shit. Yeah, shocking. he didn't want me to watch it. He was like, "This isn't good for your brain." It isn't. Watch Real Housewives of Dubai, like tasteful TV, bro. Like yeah. I just want to see some tasteful rage. She was like, "She's like, on." She's like, "I don't understand Thanksgiving. I'm from Africa. In Africa, they want to colonize us." What? I was like, okay, yeah, this is trash TV, but I like Zeus it. Zeus is too ghetto for me. Zeus is way oh, too ghetto. The, why did why did the real chance of love exist? Still. Okay, and Chance's girls, off they're the on the new Baddies season. All right, this is getting off We're course, digressing. But, uh, yeah, you're you're going to have to edit some Sorry, problems. you guys should watch it. Baddies of the South, Zeus <laughs> Network, all right? Zeus is not getting no checks off of this. No, you <laughs> might have to cut that whole chunk out. <laughs> no, it was funny. <laughs> no, but, uh, Zeus, if you want to sponsor me, I'll watch your black TV shows. I'm oh, black, he too. He will. It's a black-owned network. I know yeah. it is. It's owned by Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> No, I heard it was I like you, Batch. It's owned by Ray J and then like a bunch of a bunch of like black reality TV stars own it. I, yeah, I heard, Jocelyn. I heard one of those. Oh, I think Natalie Nunn is a part nigga, of it uh, too. Jocelyn Bro, that so that shit is off the chain. Anyway, that's how RTD was like the Bad Girls Club. Oh my literally. god. One time somebody put dishes in my bed and I was all like, okay, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Watch this. Yeah, for real. No, and then Trey tried to hook me up with some Argentinian dude. Remember that? Oh, we're not going to talk about that on this. Okay, okay, you can cut <laughs> yeah, that out. Really but, not. um, awesome. yeah, I'm just saying, Trey was a bad influence. <laughs> I was a bad influence. You were a bad influence. Oh my I got God. peed on in your room by a black man <laughs> for sleeping on your okay, floor for no not reason. Not just pulled his dick out and pissed on you. He, he rolled. Pissed. First of all, he almost smothered me to death. <laughs> Let's start there. He woke up in the morning a and like, my smells. 
<laughs> he rolled over and just started peeing on me. And I, I felt it and I woke up and I was like, I'm tripping. This is a dream. This cannot be real. And it was real. And it wasn't even my coat. It was a coat. Um, that I traded with somebody at a party and they're like, I need my coat back. It was my grandpa's coat. I actually just texted him to see if he would uh, give us the time he, uh, he uh, my favorite moment of him. So we'll see if this happens. Yeah, but he peed on me. His name is David. What's his name? David what? We don't kind of blast him. He's like famous. He might charge you. He might charge me. Yeah. I might charge him for peeing on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just an innocent. I was laying on the floor. My, I had a own little space. Little, my room. God, he just. He would come into the room and lay down on the bed, and then he would just, I don't know, always roll off the bed, and then the whole room just be wrecked. How many tables did he break when you lived there? Oh, man. He did fall through my entire bedside table and kept sleeping. Literally rolled from a bed onto the table, through it, killed the lamp and the ashtray with cigarettes. Oh, because we blasted cigs in that house, Damn. P.S. Oh, yeah, you could smoke indoors. Oh, you bitch. could smoke indoors? It was wild. It was, was so dumb. cool. That was nice. But, um, you know, and also, I okay, so I keep saying I'm a princess. I, you know, was you were like I see, but there was so many nights where the next morning, uh, people would text me and they'd be like, What the fuck, Sophia? and I'd be like, What? and then hanging from the tree outside my window, it would just be a Safeway bag filled to puke. <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this, but oh I thought that God. it was a good idea. I wasn't about to go puke in that toilet, no, because then it was no, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. <laughs> So instead, I would puke in a bag, tie it up all nice and clean, and then throw it from my window, but it would always hit the tree branch and be caught. And then I wouldn't remove it. Oh, my God. You you live like that? Yeah, that was me. You're married to me. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, come a long way. All right, David said he's at Comedy Works, but he said, let me step out. We're going to call him real quick. Ooh. Fun. We're gonna have a caller. David is uh, on All Fantasy Everything. A um, couple other podcasts. What's the new one? My mama told me. Um, what was that place called? You're still looking it up. Old Vesper Lounge. Cause yeah, we gotta remember that. Cause these power hours, they didn't happen. They don't happen nowadays. Denver wasn't as popping until weed became legal. So Mouthhouse was pre-weed legalization Mm. and so there wasn't you know people didn't move here like it was still rent was still affordable that's another thing is like you were able to get this old decrepit mansion where you and all these people could afford twenty one hundred dollars but now they split mouth house up into two duplexes and they each sold for like 1.5 it's also a tale of that Gentrification. The Lancer Lounge. Lancer Lounge. The Thank Lancer you. Lounge. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is old. Yeah, no, we were we're old. The Lancer different. Lounge, and they didn't ID at anyone at all. You could just go in there and get drinks. I was twenty, bitch, and I was getting fucked up. That's what I'm saying. Old Denver too. You could go get drunk wherever mm-hmm. and be underage. So, and then Badger started doing the same thing, like around like that time. They were they, they called it Hello? sneak a leak though. You could no one could go to the restroom and pee. As long as no one pee, right. you drink. Oh, we got a guest? We got a guest. We got a guest. <laughs> we got a guest speaker here. Um, this is David Bory, uh, frequent of Mouth House. He lived in San Francisco at the time, but uh, he came there maybe every weekend for a while. He also lived in a flop house in San Francisco, so when I wasn't at Mouth House, I'd be flying to San Francisco. What was the name of that house? To stay, Sylvan House. Uh, they were actually on Viceland's Flophouse. They did a whole series on Flophouses across America, and Sylvan made it on. Um, so did that's the place whole, I live right now. That's a whole other <laughs> Currently. 
It's a whole other episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, David Bory. David Bory. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Can you tell us any stories about Mouthhouse that will uh, stand out? Like any standout stories? Any crazy shit? Uh, one time I uh, got drunk and broke a table. <laughs> And peed all over a gay man. Not in- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The gay man uh, is who's interviewing you. Say what? The gay man is in- interviewing you. It's me, Trey. Yeah, he made it oh, through I that. that. <laughs> I made it through that. You really dressed me at the wedding about it, read me, it hurt. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, a lot of dogs peeing on the floor, uh, a lot of waking up because like, the sun. It hit you and you were on the floor and you were covered in beer. It was a pretty good time. There was an alligator once. <laughs> so, David, uh, what do you think Mouthhouse did for the scene, like for just DIY venues as a whole? Oh, I think you guys were pretty integral just for like the whole country as far as just allowing people to tour on that level. There's not like a lot of places that you get that will embrace you when you're on the level of like maybe not selling tickets and not having an audience, right? Like most of those people were people who were trying to find an audience and you guys gave that night after night after night. There's not really as much of that going on because after like ghost shift and all that stuff, kind of like it felt like everything started to fall at the same time. So yeah, I feel like you guys were pretty integral across the nation. You know, it's it's crazy you bring up ghost ship actually, because we haven't even talked about that. I don't know if you did, but- No, we haven't brought that for up For DIY venues as a whole, that definitely put a damper on the scene. Yeah, that was when it felt like, because it used to be there were kind of like places like this, not in every city, but every, every few states, you could find a place like this if some friend knew that would help you cra- crash. And it felt like around that time, I mean, how long after that did you guys get busted? <laughs> <laughs> that happened before Ghost Ship. Yeah, it was before Ghost Ship. That was like, I think, three years. Rhino really? did get shut down because of Ghost Ship. They had fire code yeah. stuff. And they busted some stuff in the Bay, too. But it's a bummer because I think that stuff is, like, super necessary for just, like, people meeting each other, you know, like... And it hasn't been that long since, so like 10 years from now, there's going to be a lot of people who went on to do cool things in their field who all met at Mouth House and places like that. Do you think that it will still be a thing that the younger generation does? I mean, I think that kids love live performance, and that's, you know, hopefully not going to change. Obviously, kids seem more plugged in now than ever, but I like to think there's always going to be kids who want to go to hardcore shows or... Some shit like that. Like, there's always going to be a counterculture. There's always going to be live performance, but it, it might be smaller than it ever has. I, I don't. I don't really know. I hope. I hope not. You know what I mean? I hope it keeps working. Right. I want to ask you one more question, and I'm gonna let you get back to work because I know you're busy. You're a busy comedian. You got deals and shit, and you're not getting <laughs> paid. You, and you're not getting paid I got for this. More game the on. Um. <laughs> this is this is for pride. This is your pride PR. <laughs> Move. <laughs> So what was the most iconic moment at Mouth House for you? Like, one of the most, like, moments that you, like, you were like, oh, holy fuck, this place is, this place is the shit. I mean, it's hard for me. It's, like, time periods, right? Like, there was one, it it was, like, probably summer. What was, what was the Bionic Beaver summer? Uh, I think that was, like, 2012. 12. Yeah. Like, that. That entire summer, it was just like, not only was I out there, a bunch of my friends from San Francisco were out there, and it was just like everyday shows, parties, 
it was just that whole time period to me was really like it was one of the most like times i ever felt like oh i'm like an artist in the counterculture i'm doing it you know in the counterculture that's what we've been talking about yeah but also breaking that table was big for me (laughs) yeah you want to talk about that moment (laughs) i i wasn't there yeah david rolled off of a bed through a bedside table smashed it and uh, my friend came downstairs and uh, told me that he wasn't okay, but he was fine. He was sleeping. He slept through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I woke up with like an alarm clock under my head. Was, and was, like, cigarette butts there. all over your face. Yeah, splinters in my ass. It, you know, it was party time. No limits. <laughs> no limits. <laughs> I woke up one day and I went downstairs to the kitchen and someone graffitied on the kitchen cabinet, feet needs limits. They were right. That person was right. They were. (laughs) Because I was a no limit soldier. (laughs) I I, I think you're using that term loosely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Go ahead. Mm. Um, But no, I do want to say, you know... Uh, R.I.P. to Bot and Jake and Jackson Rip, rip. and um, Colette. Colette. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. who was part of the scene who was like a shining light that passed away. Like, we acknowledge you and we, we still feel your energy. Yeah. Because like, Bot and Colette in particular were just like, and Jackson were just like beautiful souls and like iconic people. So was Jake, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, y'all crazy. Yeah. No, but he's just saying artistically, you know, Jake was just a, and this is another part of Mouthhouse. Jake was just a guy that didn't fit in anywhere. And Mouthhouse, you can fit in. Like, it was a space for anyone. Yeah, it was a space for anyone. And he lived there for years. And we are the weirdos, mister. Mm-hmm. RIP to all of them, though, because they were a big deal. And, uh,. We miss you guys, so. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a take. Podcast, and towards the end, it got a little deep. Glad it did. Um, Shout out to everyone who is listening. Shout out to Zach, who is um the producer, editor, sound engineer, like pretty much the pretty much the the heart of the podcast too like also a big part of the podcast like the homie big up um yeah like i'm just excited just to continue this journey and see where this goes but um so far we got a couple episodes planned no release dates yet i know that we're releasing one on um the anniversary the 10 year anniversary of seven circles so i think that's a uh, september 22nd if i'm correct but yeah so Stay tuned.